This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, good morning. Golf with Jay Delsing here. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly. Hang on a second. Author, caddy, college graduate. Uh, let's see. A business owner, business seller. Let's see. I got I to gotta make sure I do everything right. You caddy there's, like there's like a page and half of stuff. It is. I, I know, Pearl. I thought I saw you nodding off there. Were you, were you falling asleep? <laughs> I was gonna, no, welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Lots to talk about. Uh, I'll tell you, even in this kind of late time of the year, we sure are still getting some great calls. Yeah, we absolutely are. We had the, the BMW finish with Shane Lowry winning. We had the, the Ascension Charity Classic with another Irishman, Padraig Harrington, winning and um, in kind of a, uh, an exciting and dramatic back nine. And I got to MC the Ascension Celebrity Challenge with Lee Trevino, Nancy Lopez, Hale Irwin, the Chief, Craig Berube, the Wizard, Ozzie Smith, and the great Ryan O'Reilly, the captain of the St. Louis Blues. What a blast we had. We also had Ron Kay, who's the CEO of Stiefel, who was kind enough to donate, I don't know how much money, but somewhere between fifty dollars and $100,000 of his own money to the charity. So he played as a kind of wild card, uh, uh, really a fun guy, John, uh, as a wild card. And um, he did a couple of mulligans in there for both teams. And he was great. It was really fun. Again, charity winds up winning. That's fantastic. Well, you did a good job out there. And I want to hear a little bit when we get a chance to talk about how Nancy Lopez was looking and playing out there. Well, let's just start. Let's just start. We got, I, we've got a great interview with Mike Claiborne. Mike Claiborne is a current um, uh, doing on assignment with the St. Louis Cardinals, but this is a guy that's been with the Blues. He's broadcast. He's a broadcaster. He's an ex- a storyteller extraordinaire. He's a terrific guy. He's a great ambassador for St. Louis. He's also done Rams uh, work when, when the Rams were here. He is there's nothing that he hasn't done. And this man, is this guy connected from Charles Barkley to Michael Jordan to on and on and on. This guy to Cedric the Entertainer, who's actually a St. Louis guy. So he is, Mike Claiborne is a character. He is a uh, phenomenal representative of St. Louis and uh, uh, just a, a, a really good guy, fun guy to talk to. I can tell you really enjoyed yourself, and he does have good stories, and I like his style a lot. It's a very relaxed style, Pearl. It's, um, you know, laid back and and uh, and just kind of lets it come to him. I, I really enjoyed it. We also have uh, Andy Crow, who um, is our spotlight this week, and a really cool, uh, interesting guy at the Country Club of St. Albans who's uh, – the general manager at this point, but he wears a lot of different hats and a very interesting guy. But let's let's talk about this celebrity challenge, uh, the shootout at Ascension. It happened on Saturday. We let the lead group, which was Bernard, how's this for a lead group? Bernard Langer, Patty Harrington, Ernie Els. How's that for star-studded leaderboard? I mean, pretty stout and three actually very different players. It was fun to watch the the difference of the games and the different stages the games are in. And I can't wait to talk about Patrick Harrington, Padraig Harrington's power. My gosh, can that guy ridiculous club, club head speed and, and absolutely compress that golf ball. Very, very, very impressive. Well, we can start there. I mean, Padraig has picked up at least 30 yards and he is working his butt off on speed training. You can see he is swinging the club fast. Even his practice swings, I'm like, damn, he was moving, pushing air and moving dirt and all sorts of stuff with those practice swings. He he was uh, he was phenomenal. But anyway, so we let that leader group clear, and and give them about two or three holes, and then we had um, the teams were Nancy Lopez, uh, Ozzie Smith, and Craig Berube, and they were representing PGA Reach, which was awesome. And then on the other side of the fence, we had Ryan O'Reilly, Hale Irwin, and Lee Trevino, and they were representing the first tee of St. Louis. So first of all. No one lost. Each group started with, oh, something like $8,500 in the bank. Ron was throwing $10,000 shots all over the place. I'm like, Ron, I'm going to help you spend some of your money. He goes, come on, let's do it. He's like, an extra $10,000 for closest to the pin on this part three, as long as you make the putt. 
And that was the very first hole we played, Pearl. So I got to tell you, Ryan O'Reilly and Craig Berube stuffed it in on number 10 on the West Course. Ryan O'Reilly hit a nine iron from 165 yards to about oh, 11 feet or so right behind the flag stick. And the Chief hit this little, little bitty fade left of the flag to about seven feet. Right out of the hopper. And nice, it, and nice. We had a great crowd, John. We had several hundred people following us around. Uh, so it was really something special. I'll be dang if it didn't take Ron K to knock in a mulligan for the team uh, at the first tee for Trevino, Irwin, and Ryan O'Reilly. So they got their birdie. And then who stepped up first? The chief, Craig Berube, hit his iron shot in there, and he knocked the putt in. And off they roll with two twos on number 10. Nice, nice. Yeah. But fun when the guys play good, they can relax, and makes it that much more fun for everybody. Bro, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. I didn't even say this was the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by the Gateway section of the PGA, and we appreciate all those men and women. We also still have our golf ball contest. Send me an email, jay at jdelsingolf.com. Put balls in the subject matter. Put balls in there somewhere, and I will enter your name in the drawing to win some new TP5 golf balls. Compliment. Uh, compliments of our buddy Jeff Thornhill at TaylorMade Golf. We're tipping our cap, John, and our tip of the cap is brought to you by the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. I, I, I brought this up last week, John. I was so compelled and so overwhelmed by the generosity, the support, the attitude of our volunteers at Norwood for the duration of that tournament, Monday through Sunday, 900 people showing up, donating their time, buying uniforms on time, smile on their face, all because they love St. Louis, they love the game, and they want to make a difference. We couldn't do it without them. And it's just spectacular that they showed up the way they did. John, that's going to wrap up the On Range segment. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back with the front nine and our interview with Mike Claiborne. This is Golf with Jay Delson. On the Range is presented by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Find out more at PGA.com. I want to officially welcome Darty Business Solutions as the new title sponsor of this show. So who are they? Well, first of all, they've been headquartered in St. Louis for the last 37 years. They're the number one largest IT consulting firm per the St. Louis Business Journal. They're also the number one largest software development company per the St. Louis Business Journal. They were voted number one top workplace in St. Louis for large companies. There's over 2,500 teammates in 30 states and in three countries. There are 11 Darty regional development hubs in and around the world. If you live and or work in the St. Louis area, chances are that through their business or their extensive community work, Doherty Business Solutions has done something positive near you. Check us out at Doherty.com. That's D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y.com. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Burke. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean Team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. Good morning, this is Golf with Jay Delsing and welcome to the Gateway PGA Spotlight. I'm visiting with Andy Crow from St. Albans. Andy, good morning. Good morning, Jay. How are you doing this morning? Just great. Thanks so much for joining us. So I understand that you have been uh, nominated the Bill Strasberg Award this year, PGA Professional Development Award. Tell us a little bit. First of all, congratulations. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world out at St. Albans. Yeah, no, absolutely. I always, always humbled to be considered for, uh, you know, any of the awards that the PGA does. I mean, I'm, I'm sure as connected as you are, you're aware of 
you know, Nathan Carnes and, and his bid to be the national secretary for the PGA of America and I think be the first uh, gateway section member to, to, to end up in a national board position, which would make, you know, all of us as golf professionals very proud. But uh, yeah, I, I got thrust into to, uh, more of a management role early, pretty early on in my career. I, I was a, what they, you know, I consider a blue blood golf pro owned a golf shop and you know, ran a very active club down in Florida and, and uh, GM left in the middle of a renovation and I got thrust into it and figured out pretty quickly that, you know, I needed to learn more. So I've kind of made it a career, you know, goal of mine is to stay educated and continuing to, to, you know, grow from an education standpoint. So, you know, I'm working on my, what is now my CCE with this, club managers association but also uh and once i wrap that up which i'm actually going to be in cornell in october to finish that part of my my uh, education up i'm going to start on my master's professional uh with the pga of america so you know a lot a lot of continuing education of you know over my career but uh you know, that that's led me to be able to help. You know, we've got a great director of golf, Joe Schwent, here at St. Albans and, and, you know, a pretty heavy staff of PGA members. And we're proud of, you know, what we're doing and how we're growing and, and the things we're able to help the club do. Joe Schwent is one of my favorite human beings of all time. And your club is just spectacular. The two golf courses, the setting is I idyllic but um so andy when it comes to the master professional certification that is super huge deal in the pga of america world there's only 300 i think there's only 357 of those folks um throughout the entire system yeah yeah and and uh i actually have my ccm through the club managers and there's about now there may be 80 of us around the country now that are PGA members that also have the club manager certification. And I think once I have my CCE, there's less than 10. And, you know, I think there's only one other, I think Robin Shelton, who's at like Newport beach country club out in California is the only master professional that has a CCM. So I'm trying to, once through get through all of this, you know, it'll be, it'll be a uh, maybe one of one in the entire country that'll have all these certifications. But, you know, a lot of it is I turned 53 last month and, you know, how do you keep yourself engaged and challenged and growing? And, you know, a lot of that education allows me to, I think, more effectively mentor and assist golf professionals coming up and have those conversations with them. Do you want to be a GM? Do you want to be a you know director of instruction? What you know? What are your goals and aspirations? What are the things that you think you want to do? And you know, our careers branched into a lot of different uh, a lot of different segments of the business. Oh, most definitely, Andy. I mean, the, the difference between being a club manager or going into the management side and a director of instruction are like night and day. I mean, that is not something you just walk from one room to the other and pick up easily. No, yeah, far far from it, and I've and I've learned the hard way on on a lot of those kind of different factors and situations that you have to deal with. But you know, get a lot of questions from up and coming golf professionals, and so you know, it, it's it's I think it makes it a lot more fun for me to be able to help mentor golf professionals in those situations. I mean, Gideon Traub, who was a head professional under me when I was at Forest Hills, is now up at Skokie in Chicago, but you know, he took a job where he was going to own the golf shop and he had never done that. You know, Marvin Harad, who's over at uh, Sunset now, and the assistants and the co-head professionals we have here, Zach and Kurt, and, you know, how you can help guide them into roles that they see are going to be fulfilling and, and, you know, fun for them to do. This is the Gateway Spotlight, brought to you by the Gateway uh, section of the PGA, and this is Andy Crow out at Country Club of St. Albans. Andy, keep doing what you're doing. I've heard nothing but great things out at St. Albans. I try to stay in touch with my buddy Joe, and I know you have Paul Montano, who's your director of instruction, who's also doing great stuff. Thanks for all you do for golf in this section, and good luck with these future certifications. I appreciate it. Need to come out and play, and maybe we can throw Ozzy in, and you meet Joe, and Ozzy can get out as a foursome and play a little golf. So it's not just all administrating. That would be a great foursome, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd have a lot of fun. You may have less than me. 
I am proud to welcome the Gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range, public golf course, or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our Gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons, and growing this great game. PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the fantastic PGA Junior League are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same PGA professionals. Go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next PGA professional for your next lesson, go to pga.com. The Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Well, we just wrapped up our second Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson at Norwood Hills. Guys, one of the highlights of the massive hospitality presence was our veterans and first responders viewing deck brought to you by Marcone. Final numbers are not in yet, but as of the Friday before the tournament, September 2nd, we had over 700 of our men, women, first responders, and firefighters apply for their complimentary tickets. Wow, what a great turnout. Thank you, Marcone, for all you do in our community. And by the way, the Marcone viewing deck idea is now being implemented at other tour events. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapist that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc. can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at ssmphysicaltherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm Jay Delsing. I got John Perlis here with me, and we are headed to the front nine. And it's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. We just wrapped it up one week ago today. Padraig Harrington made a bogey on the last hole, kind of leaked a little oil coming in, but played great golf. And we got a great champion, John. So we are headed to this Mike Claiborne interview. And Mike Claiborne is a great guy. He is a native St. Louis and had been here his whole life. He was an athlete, uh, went to college, played a little football, got hurt, realized that uh, he was interested in a little broadcasting and the rest is kind of history. He has been with a who's who of people in and out of St. Louis, the athletes, the, the broadcasters, Jack Buck, Harry Carey, Bob Costas, you name it, Bob Ramsey. So let's go listen to this first half of the interview with our buddy, Mike Claiborne. Claibs, thanks so much for joining me. Jay, you know what? Uh, it's a pleasure for me, you and I, to sit down and do this. We've been talking about it. Uh, we have so many things in common, so many mutual friends and, uh, for us to sit down here and chew the fat today, I'm really looking forward to it. Clips, we, we grew up so similarly. Take us back to the way you grew up. I know you played multiple sports at DeAndre, but take us back to what family life was like for you as a little guy here in the Lou. Man, I had a great setup, man. My parents were terrific. Uh, my dad was in uh, law enforcement. Uh, my mother was uh she was a nurse out of nursing school and then she worked for a company who uh provided prenatal care to young women and so she was kind of over those programs she was always trying to find some community involved just trying to help people and so between the two of them um i had a ball and, and my dad was also involved in a group they used to uh promote concerts in in st louis and any major concert that came to st louis it was a key auditorium they normally had their fingerprints on it. And eventually Steve Shankman uh, got involved and he took it to another level. So between entertainment uh, and just sports, I, I was having the time of my life, man. Oh, Claves, it's, it's, it's something. So tell us a little bit about your sporting life. So you played a bunch of different sports in high school. Yeah, you know, back then, I think you were almost, you know, it was like an unwritten rule that you were going to play because you couldn't stay home. You know, my, my dad was like, look, you have to find something to do legal. So I suggest a sport because <laughs> you're not going to stay here and watch cartoons and sit around the house. If, if you want to, we can find some work for you to do. But, yeah, you know, whatever the season was, you know, I was playing it. And, uh, you know, in some cases I was playing two of them. But 
you know, it, it was, I think, Jay, for me, um, I always wanted to play something. And I realized that maybe I may not have the size or the skill to be a pro. So let me find something else to do. So I was kind of enamored with broadcasting and listening to Harry Carey and Jack Buck and Mike Shannon and people like that. Um, but yeah, I played everything, man. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, um, you name it. I was out there trying, having a good time doing it. You know what, Clips, we see this all the time nowadays where these these good athletes are forced to choose, and I just think it's a giant miss. Man, like you said, the Leafs started changing, the football came out, the the basketball was always around, the baseball gloves were always there too, and we had hockey sticks going there too. Everything was available. Yeah, it was. And, you know, your parents knew where you were every day. You the, the same crew that you ran with in football season was probably on the basketball team sitting at the end of the bench giving up fouls. Uh, you had some guys who were playing baseball or track. So, I mean, and it was your same crew. And the ironic thing for me, I still run with some of those guys. I, you know, I still have friends from the second grade that I still hang out with. And, and I really think that that's something that's missing in our society where as you mentioned, you know, it's almost required where you have to play a sport 13 months out of the year. And if you don't, then there's some sort of unofficial punishment where you don't play. Uh, I, I don't know where we missed the boat on that, but I really think it's done a disservice. And it's amazing. And you run across a lot of athletes who all tell you when they play, they play more than one sport. I mean, at some point, you know, you listen to Adam Wainwright. You know, I, I think Adam Wainwright probably would have been a decathlete as many sports as he played from soccer to football or basketball and golf and obviously baseball, uh, that, that's something that's lost in our society. And I, I wish we could get it back. But I think the, the problem we have now, Jay, is uh, these travel teams, select teams, whatever you want to call it, where a parent has to write out a big check so his kid can be on a team. And they, they travel a little bit somewhere. And if you don't write out the check, then you don't play unless you're a really gifted player and they find a way to, to, to take care of you. But, you know, I, I just think we're missing it, man, because I just think that there's just so much fun and so much you can learn about people that makes it special. Oh, Claves, the lessons that the games have taught me and you, and it, it, it just goes on and on. The great Jack Nicholas was at the Ascension Charity Classic Luncheon last year, and he said exactly what you just said. We are missing the boat as a society with what we're doing with our kids in sport. Well, I had two daughters, and I was that parent who I didn't have much to say to coaches because I figured their job was hard enough without some guy like me walking up to them. But they found a couple sports to play. And I'll never forget, my kid was playing basketball in Incarnate Word, and they won a state championship. And she said, you know, that's it for me. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, and she said, I want to try something else. And the very next year, she had a golf club in her hand and played uh, her, her senior year of high school in golf and had a ball. And one of the things we still do when she's in town when she and her sister were growing up at the same time, I would, when I was off on a Sunday, we'd go over to Norwood Hills and play nine holes, go back and eat, and that way I could listen about what's going on in their world. And, and I miss it because they're both adults and they both live out of town. But uh, it's those little bonding moments that you have that you, you, you really cherish once they get out of the house and out of your pocket. Oh, Claims, and you can absolutely still use that little bit of golf that she played in her business. I know that your daughters are very successful, and I'm sure they do that because that's a little bit of what my daughters are doing. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing. They don't have to be ready to go out on the tour as long as they can have some fun with it. And, and, and you know what? Like any other sport, put a little effort into it, put a little work into it. And that way, I guarantee if you work hard at having fun, I guarantee you will you will be successful and you'll you'll feel like I want to come back and do this again. So in, in their case, it's it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm happy about because they play more than two one sport. Uh, they have multiple friends that they still are in touch with today. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have many rules about sports other than show up and play hard. Don't yeah. cheat. Don't <laughs> cheat your teammates. And if you do those things, you'll have a good time. 
Uh, there's so much to be said just in that 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 small. Uh, we could unpack that for hours, but I love that. So so, Cleves, you went down to Fisk University down in Nashville. What was that yeah. like? Because I know you kind of started your broadcasting down in college a little bit. Well, so I started at Tennessee State, and um, we had a coach named John Merritt. God rest his soul. I had a pretty good freshman year, um, and he came. He said. Well, how do you think you did this year? I said, well, you know, I, I learned a lot. Looking forward to next year. He said, yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about. He said, I got some kids coming in from an area I recruit in Georgia, and I just don't know how much playing time you're going to get because I got to make sure these kids play. And I, I understood. He said, however, there is a school right down the street that you can go down there and play, and you will be as good of players they're going to have. And he said, oh, by the way, they won a conference championship last year. And I said, okay. He said, Oh, I forgot to tell you, the ratio of women to men is like eight to one. And I'm like, where do you sign up at? <laughs> you know, Send me over. You know what, you know, Jerry, had he put that on the hook first, man, he didn't have to give me the whole spiel about <laughs> playing football. <laughs> you know, all you got to do is meet one farmer's daughter, man, and you're good to go. So anyway, I went there, got hurt, and so um, the guy who ran a radio station he said, you know, we talk all the time. He said, man, you got to really know the sports thing. He said, have you, you ever thought about getting into broadcasting? I said, no. He said, well, why don't you be the color analyst on our football games on the school station? And I was like, well, yeah, I, I know the plays, so I could probably help out on that. And that's what kind of got bit, bit me. And then I had like a regular sports show. Remember how Brent Musburger used to have that little five-minute deal every day? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of had something like that, too, called Sports of All Sorts. And I did that and was having real fun with it, wrote for the school newspaper. And with every day that passed, there was one less day I was interested in playing anymore until they had hockey tryouts over at uh, Vanderbilt, and I wanted to go over there you know, see what I could do there. And I had fun with that. But the bottom line was I knew that I wanted to be involved in sports and it wasn't going to be on the playing surface. I, I wanted to do something else. And so one thing led to another. When I got out of school, I came back to St. Louis and was writing for the St. Louis American. And uh, Jim Holder, great friend, he and I were talking one day at a football cardinal practice. And he's, we were just talking. So like about a couple of months later, I called him about the schedule or something. He said, hey, how'd you like to come on Sports Open Line? I was like, well, let me think. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's how I started. It was February 12th. I believe it was 19. I think it was February 12th, 1981. was the first time I was ever on. And um, the rest has just been just fun, man. And did that for 10 years. Went and started the All Sports Station with Bob Ramsey and Rick Wallace. And had that run the first time with Rich Gray. So when that station went away, we Rammer and I went over to, I think it was WRTH at the time. Well, we convinced them that we could do a show, and they changed the call letters, went all sports, and did that up until 2006 and went with the Cardinals and been there ever since. And so it's been fun, man. I, I don't have any regrets about anything I've done in this business. I've covered every major event. I met every great athlete in various sports. And uh, just enjoyed myself, man, represented athletes for a while and had fun with that. I had a couple of first round draft choices. And, you know, when you, it's nothing more fun than when your guy is in the Super Bowl or your guys in the NBA finals, you know, because you you share with them, you know, you you're rooting for them. So, yeah, you know, Jay has been terrific. And, and this this game of golf that, that I'm in. So I, I, let me tell you this story. So I had a roommate. His name was Ike Jones. He's about six foot six, 220 pounds, built like a V, all right? Big square shoulders, and Jay, he could crush it, all right? He was the first African-American, all-American in Division Three, uh, And, I mean, he could play. And he ended up playing um, as a career. He worked for Exxon when he got out of school because he couldn't get a sponsor to go on the tour. And kind of hustled his way through Exxon and got some uh, some dealerships out of it because he played golf with a guy who was a really good player at the University of Texas. And he set him up. There's no doubt about it. You know, he had him up by two on front nine. and didn't want to press. And one thing led to another. So he was the first guy that took me out. And I had no idea what I was doing. 
and um, but I stayed with it. And then Dan Reardon, who you would know really well, uh, Dan Reardon and I were doing UMSL basketball, and uh, he started to talk to me about golf. So I went out a couple of times with him, and one thing led to another. And I'm saying, all right, I want to join one of these country clubs. And Jay Randolph Sr. said, you really sure you want to do it? I said, yep. And so I ended up joining Glen Echo, and I was there for a few years, great people over there. And then as time went on, I found my way down at Norwood Hills because I think I knew more people there. And, you know, you didn't need a tea time. Just walked over there and started playing. And uh, it's, it's been great for me. I just had so much fun with it. Played some of the best courses in the world. And, uh, and fortunately, baseball can take you into different cities where you can do that. So it's been, it's been fun. This is Golf with Jay Delsing, and I'm visiting with Missouri Hall of Famer Mike Claiborne. Claibs, one of the things I want to kind of walk back a little bit is that some of the, the folks in your life, you mentioned Rammer, Bob Ramsey, the great Bob Ramsey, such, such a, he's just an icon here in town. You were hanging around with Jack Buck. You mentioned Harry Carey and, and, and Mike Shannon as well. But Claibs, you have a wonderful style about you. There is something so disarming. When you're doing an interview, it's more conversational. It's less like you're, you're, you're almost not interrogating someone. Talk to us a little bit about that, because every time I hear you, it, it, it just seems to come to mind. Well, I appreciate you saying it. I, I've tried to get a feel for the room when it comes to interviewing people. And, you know, some people have to take notes and they've got a series of questions they want to ask them. But I've always felt like if I was paying more attention to the notes, I wasn't paying attention to an answer where I could be interviewing a guy and, and I ask him a question. He says, oh, yeah, Mike, by the way, um, I just robbed a bank. And I go over to the next question instead <laughs> of going to, you know. So I think that everybody has their own style, but I want it to be a conversation, not an interview. You know, I want them to have a comfort level where if there is a, a tough question, challenging question, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be asked in a respectful manner. It's going to be asked in a manner where here's your opportunity to respond to something maybe you feel like you need to clear the air about, but it's never a gotcha moment. You know, and I think sometimes we see people who want to get a rise out of somebody in a very awkward situation. You know, I've, I've been on both sides of this thing, and I just think you can get more out of people if they feel like there's a comfort level. Now, again, we may not agree, but at least you're going to have your chance to to say what you have to say. And, and I've been fortunate enough to always interview people or talk to people in their moment of glory. They just come off a real high. You know, that's like doing start a game. I mean, I've never had a guy that was mad after they won a game and didn't want to talk. You know, so it, it, I think it's environment, but you got to be able to read the room. You got to be. I think being a better listener is is better than being a talker. And if you do that, you'd be amazed at what you can get out of people once they feel like you're disarming and you're not out to, you know, make their afternoon or night miserable. Well, who would you say had the biggest influence? And that may be a very loaded question. It may not be fair to answer. Because you were no, with you know, some of the greats in our town. It's a good question. And I think I've learned a lot from everybody. Uh, Jack Buck was very good with his time with me and talking to me. And, you know, he had a laid back style. Uh, Bob Gibson was terrific uh, working with him. Uh, Mike Shannon, Mike Shannon taught me a lot of things about A, how to have a good time, B, how to make sure people are comfortable, but also, you know, don't take any guff off of them. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm looking for a fist fight or anything, but hey, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Don't do it. But we're not going to sit here and, and go to war over it. Uh, but I think Mike had a real impact as far as being a great friend and, and watching him raise his six kids. And uh, somebody read Mike's most recent book, and Mike kind of describes all of his kids. And somewhere in that description of six kids, there's Mike Claiborne, where he talks about like one of his kids. And then he goes to his other kid, Aaron. So I was kind of like the next to last kid <laughs> of his crew. And so his kids will even say, well, he's the seventh Shannon, you know. And so just being around him and watching how he was with his kids, it really kind of gave me a foundation in how to deal with mine. And so I think Mike's had a great impact. Uh, Jack had a really good impact. Um, Bob Ramsey, and you mentioned him earlier. You know, Rammer is one of my best friends. I'll tell you another guy, Jay Randolph Sr. 
and Jay Jr. They both have had a huge impact. Uh, Jay was one of the, is one of the great ambassadors. I mean, you can ask Jay about a town. Hey, Jay, what about Coldwater, Arkansas? Ah, yes, they've got a great course. It's right off the highway and a great restaurant there. Major D's name is uh, Al. Uh, go in and tell him you know me, and, you know, maybe you can get a good table. I mean, he knew everybody. And, and I've kind of wavered in that direction, I think maybe because I'm getting old. But there's very few places where I can't go and I'm not going to know someone or someone's not going to know me. And, you know, when you travel as much as we do, you have those friends in those different cities that you look forward to seeing. And, you know, they're still there waiting for you. And uh, that, that's been the fun part of this. And I learned that from Mike as well, how you treat people. You know, um, everybody deserves to be treated fairly and, uh, and have fun with them all. And so that's been fun. But yeah, there's been a lot of people who've had fingerprints on my development. You know, Clay, the, 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 the graciousness just pours out of you here. It's, it's so interesting when you start thinking about some of the, some of the players that you've been hanging around. I know you're, you're tight with Charles Barkley. I know you did so much with Bob Gibson. But when you did the, the shows at Mike Shannon's restaurant after the, um, uh, after the games, that was some of the best radio I've ever heard. Well, I appreciate you saying it. It was some of the most fun I've ever had. And um, Mike knew so many people, and I knew people, and we could get them to come over. And, you know, sometimes you didn't know what you were going to get. And the best example was Randy Johnson, who kind of had a, a terse relationship with the media, was not a fun guy to be around. So Mike met Randy because Randy Johnson wanted to meet Bob Gibson and Mike had set it up where, you know, Randy just wanted to talk to another great pitcher. So Mike said, Hey, the next time you're in town, why don't you come on the show? He's like, yeah, okay. He said, I've never done it before, but it sounds like we can have some fun. So we do the show for about an hour and the show's over with. He looks around, he says, that's all, that's it. Mike said, yeah. He said, man, he said, I think I've been missing something. He said, I know it can't always be this way. He said, Mike said, no, it's not. But when you walk in these doors, it's going to be that way. And he couldn't have been the, he couldn't have been a nicer person as he finished up his career. But we've had so many good people that, that were able to come on that show that, you know, that you're going to laugh one thing, Jay. There's no doubt you were going to laugh. But you also found a way that you were going to learn something about someone. And I developed a lot of good relationships with people because of that show, because we still see each other on the road or in their respective city. And now that Mike's not traveling, the first question they ask me is not how you're doing, but how's Mike? And uh, I just think it shows the impact that he's had on so many. You know, Claves, he really has. And, and he brought such a down-to-earth uh, storytelling, old-school mentality to the game where it may not have been correct grammatically and it may not have even been in the English language, but you sure as hell knew what was going on on the field. No, there's no doubt. And, you know, Mike didn't go to Syracuse to be a broadcaster or J school at Mizzou. You know, this is a guy who came right off the field, worked in the ticket office for one year. And the next thing you know, he's behind the microphone. And I think the the Jack Buck influence and Jack helping Mike along the way really formed him into being a very good broadcaster. And, you know, it didn't hurt for Mike to work with John Rooney who, in my opinion, is the most formatically sound broadcaster I've ever heard. And I, see, I work with him every night. And to watch his preparation and to see what he puts in to making sure he gets it right uh, is something I've truly enjoyed. And, and when John and Mike were working together, man, John, Mike would just sit back and just say, well, I don't have to worry about this guy. And he, he carried his water, and Mike carried his, and it was a great combination. All right, John, that's going to wrap up the first half of this interview, but don't go anywhere. We'll be back with the back nine and more from Mike Claiborne. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, 
but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson, you will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ, or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained KVEST certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800 518 1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me. I'm Jay. We're headed to the back nine that's brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Pearlie, you just went and saw CJ. Guys, call CJ. 314-647-8054. Simplest message ever. John, how cool is CJ? Uh, I, I just smile when I'm just thinking of him. He's like a skater, dude, crazy, golf, techie, wild man and uh I, I thoroughly enjoyed it i learned so much with being around him and i think i don't know it's also so new to me but i'm very excited about what's going on oh i am too i am too and we're working on getting the trying to expedite these clubs for you to get them in your hand can't wait we're getting you an entirely new set john an entire new set not entirely you're supposed to get a new you're supposed to get a new set every 12 to 15 years aren't you but you're more on the 30 to 35 year plan so we got to get you we got to bump that up a little bit so john i want to give you a quick shot at your thoughts on the first half of the mike claiborne interview i just love the stories how these guys get to where they are and he's no no difference for him the fact that he played the sports from the early days that you guys had that conversation uh, that he played different sports to hone his craft now. Uh, it was just a lot of fun to listen to him. You and him connected really well. We're going to go right back to the second half of the Mike Claiborne interview. I hope you enjoy it. Claves, where I want to go next is um, you're a man of color. We just had one of the coolest things that I've been able to be associated with, with the APGA, which is yeah. Advocate PGA event you hosted and you emceed at Glen Echo last week. I enjoyed it immensely um, to, to see these young guys that, that maybe one of them makes a tour one day and maybe one of them comes back and plays in a tournament in St. Louis. But, you know, it's just great to see. And, you know, Jay, for people of color, this this sport is fairly new, okay? I mean, before Tiger, you had Lee Elder. And before Lee Elder, you had uh, Charlie you know, Sifford. Black guys who, yep. Yeah, Charlie Sifford. But you had black guys who had to play in separate tournaments. And obviously, Tiger moved the needle, and we've seen so many people progress, not necessarily on the tour, but just as far as their interest in golf. And, you know, when you think about the the members, for instance, at Glen Echo, African-American members are there, and you see more and more guys participating, and whether they go out on the tour or whether they just want to hang out with their buds, they're obsessed with it. And that's been a great thing. And to see this thing come to fruition with a tournament in St. Louis at Glen Echo, the oldest course, public, uh, private course, Western Mississippi, where I used to be a member, uh, was really a good thing. And I'm looking forward to watching it grow. And to give you a good example, as I was saying, there's not a place I can't go where I'm not going to know anyone. So the guy who coordinates that tournament, he and I were standing there talking, and he said, well, you know, I said, where else you guys go? He said, well, we're going to Bermuda. I said, well, I got a guy there I want you to meet. <laughs> One of my oldest friends in life, he's been there for 25 years and, uh, you know, plays golf like three or four days a week. And so I've already connected those two. So he's got somewhere to hang out and somebody who knows the island. It's not that big. But, you know, that's the other thing I enjoy doing is networking people and putting people together. Uh, and you just be amazed at who you can run into that way. You may work for the Cardinals now, man, but you're a life ambassador. And when I sat up there and listened to you do this at Glen Echo and Darty Business Solutions was the presenting sponsor along with Ascension and gosh, what those guys are doing for our community is just amazing. But you know what? 
Mike, I want to get your take on this. And and it's not a, a universal statement, but for me, when I played and, and, and sport, I didn't see color. I just saw people. And when I see golf, I don't think of color. And when I watch and meet these young guys and realize that they have been limited, it pisses me off. And, and I want to, I want to make it a, a difference. And uh, from your perspective, I'm sure it, 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 it hasn't been that way. I'm sure you have a different take. Well, but you know what, Jay, you have made a difference. I mean, just your interest in, in how you have carried yourself with people uh, that, that don't look like you. I mean, you, 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 people mention your name in Norwood and everybody brightens up when they hear your name uh, because they know you've been just an outgoing person. And you're right. You haven't displayed that thing of being, uh, you know, well, I don't hang out with him because he doesn't look like me. You know, you, you've been colorblind and, and people appreciate that. But, yeah, it, it was challenging. I remember uh, when the PGA was here in 92, um, this, this, I was having an issue with a person, a woman who was uh, directing parking. And I had this, this parking pass that had me on this lot. And so I pull up, and so she's looking at the the pass, holding it up under the light. The whole, I said, do we have a problem here? She <laughs> said, well, you really shouldn't be here. I said, what do you mean? She said, you know what I'm talking about. And so I was like, okay. I, and I was, I was at that point where I was like, you know, if your husband or son was here, he'd get one right in the chops. I can't touch you, yeah. but they would pay the price for what you said. And, you know, you, you get mad, you get upset. Because you feel like, hey, look, I'm just out here trying to enjoy some golf. Now you want to you want to play the color card here, and, and that's not right. But the bottom line is, I think we progressed a, a a great deal, especially in St. Louis. And I think the Ascension Tournament has done a lot, and what Nick Ragone has done, and and all the people who work with it, uh, it, it has certainly opened up a door that I don't think was really that that common for for people of color. And I think golf in St. Louis has come a lot further than people would ever be willing to admit because they didn't really have a base. Now, you're going to have some restricted clubs in St. Louis, okay? There's a good chance. There's a couple of courses. Even if I did win the Powerball, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be, be – I probably wouldn't be in the 19th hole having a, having a cold one, all right? But with that said, there's so many other opportunities that have been presented by various clubs in St. Louis where they welcome it. And, you know, and let's face it, some of these guys can play. And it's been fun to watch. And now we're starting to see younger kids play. My, my daughter was the first African-American to play in her conference. She went in Carnival Word in high school. Now think about that. You know, and, and so nobody looked like her at the events. But you know what? She, she had been taught the lesson. Look, you don't have – my dad once told me, he said, listen, man, you don't have that kind of time to hate somebody because they don't like you or they hate you. You're not on the planet that long. So why don't you try and find something else to do constructive and keep it moving? And I always felt that way. And I've kind of conveyed that to my kids. Look, we don't have that kind of time. You know, if you want to get pissed off or something, I can show you some other things to get pissed off other than this. There's a time and place for that, but not here. So, you know, the watching in St. Louis now, I, I think golf, I think golf has really taken some huge steps to be inclusive. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. 
This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. Hey, we have just crowned our 2022 champion, and boy, what a champion he is. Padraig Harrington took away the Ascension Charity Classic trophy, and the three-time major winner also grabbed the $300,000 winner's first place check. We are already ramping up for our 2023 version on September 5th through 12th at Norwood Hills Country Club. The final numbers are still being calculated, but the real winner's are our North County community and our associated charities. They are Mary Grove, the Urban League, and the Boys and Girls Club of St. Louis. We hope to donate over $1 million to these folks this year. We don't want to leave out PGA Reach and the First Tee as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, St. Louis, for all of your support and all you do to make this possible. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. I've been looking for over three years for the perfect place to be the official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, and the search is over. Please welcome the loading dock to the show. What a great place it is. It is located at the confluence of the Mississippi and Illinois rivers in beautiful Grafton, Illinois. Their patio is killer with seating for over 800. And every weekend, the loading dock has the area's best live music. There's no reservations required. They have overnight lodging available. And they also have an ice skating rink in the winter months. And don't forget about the super cool Riverside Flea Market, which happens the fourth weekend of each month from April through October. If you're into antiques and collectibles, you gotta check it out. The Grafton Ferry runs directly from St. Charles County to within steps of our parking lot. Go check out the loading dock and say hello to my buddy, Peter Allen. He is a great guy, good golfer, and a lover of the game. Call 618-556-7951 or visit them on the web at graftonloadingdock.com for more information on their live music schedule, the Riverside Flea Market, and more. The Loading Dock, the new official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. John is with me. I'm Jay. We're headed to the 19th hole. It's brought to you by the Loading Dock. Uh, beautiful graft in Illinois, right where the Mississippi and the Illinois rivers meet. Get up there. Check out my buddy Peter Allen. He is a great guy. Uh, 618-556-7951. John, first, before we get to the Mike Claiborne interview, I got to tell all of our listeners, on October 16th, you and I are going to be doing a live broadcast at Wild Crush on Sunday, October 16th, from 3 to 4. And the first 10 people to come in, we're buying them a beer or a glass of wine or a cocktail, whatever they want. Love it. I love it. That's It's a, great, it's a wonderful place. It'll be a lot of energy for us to do that, and that'll be a lot of fun. And then what we're going to do after the show, Pearl, we'll hang around, talk a little golf if people want to hang around and chit-chat. You'll give some lessons, maybe do a little stand-up. What else can you do, Pearl? I can stand up. Yeah, you can stand up. You can can fall down. I've actually seen you fall down several times. You haven't seen me fall down. (laughs) Yeah, so put that on your calendar, folks. Uh, October 16th, Wild Crush. The address is 13360 Clayton Road. Uh, Suite 105, 63131 is the zip. Come out and have one with us. Uh, Pearlie and I are going to be there, and we're going to do this show from Wild Crush, so it is really going to be fun. John, Mike Claiborne is a, a wonderful storyteller, and his his relaxed mannerisms, his style is so disarming. I, I, I just, I, 
I really admire him. That must permeate throughout his life. You know, I wish I could be one of those guys that can connect with just about anybody. And that's that's what this guy has done for himself, for his career, etc. Not just the 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 kind of friends he's he's garnered through the years, but Jay, the mentors, the who's who of who's been able to influence him and who's he's he's been able to learn from. And beyond that, then still come up with his own style. He's not copying anybody. He's doing his thing, but he learned a lot. And I just love the respect that he showed for the people that he did learn from and uh, that appreciation. And boy, he seems to really enjoy what he does too, which is always just the icing on the top of the cake. Right, right. It's uh, it's amazing. What does our what does our friend Jordan Peterson say? If you have, it's a privilege if you get to pursue something meaningful that you love. Well, that's certainly the goal, and it would be a privilege because it's not that easy. It's it's an easy concept to maybe understand, but to actually accomplish it is pretty dang tough. And I'm sure there's tough days with with Mike with the business. I don't think he's saying that there wasn't tough days. But overall, he's doing what he loves to do, and he's a people person, and he's tied all that in together. I love the stories about you talking about at, at Shannon's place after the games when the guys would sit down. That had to be a rip-roaring time. You brought me in there one time or two times before, and he's all about a lot of energy. Everybody wants to go and stand around that table. Oh, my gosh. It was just electric in there. There's no question about it. All right, John, let's talk a little bit about Wentworth, a little bit about the LIV and the PGA Tour, the DP World, all of that. There was the Billy Horschel and the and the uh, Poulter conversation that looked uh, like a whole hell of a lot of nothing from a distance. It looked like it was something both both guys have disarmed it. What what's what's your take? Who else would you think would get into it? Oh, exactly. If you, if you sat there and said, "Okay, give us one live guy and one PGA guy that might go at it," we would have picked both of those ten to one for sure. So I, I do appreciate that they have fire in their belly on things, whether we agree with them or not. And at the end of the day, they, it sa- sounded like it was, it was robust, but it was, it was, uh, uh, it was also fair and respectful. Nobody's throwing punches. Nobody's screaming at the top of their lungs, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. You and I wouldn't have done either, either one of those things, but that's who those guys are. Hey, one thing we can't forget about this. How about the fact that it was a three day tournament with the passing of the queen and there's only, only three, three rounds. That's amazing. I mean, we can't relate to that. But, you know, Jay, there was a couple of European players that were really surprised that the tournament went on at all. They thought they were going to cancel the whole tournament. And one or two of them apparently cleared out their lockers and went, were going home. That's how sure they were that this was going to shut down. So we might not be able to relate to all of it. But, man, uh, quite, a, quite a major occurrence in that part of the world. Seven decades? Yeah, amazing. I mean, and and you you talk about the the people in the history of the world and world politics and geopolitics that this this queen has been rubbing elbows with, had conversations with, sat down, had dinner with. I mean, from Churchill to, to yeah. Truman to you name it. I mean, we are talking about it's. It. I was told when it happened. I asked um, one of the, gosh, I forget, one of the European players, I I saw him at at the Ascension, and they said they figured it'd it'd be canceled. They figured they'd just shut it all down because of such a big deal. But um, let me ask you this. What was your take on Sergio Garcia only playing one round withdrawn and then flying across the Atlantic to go to the the, uh, Alabama-Texas game? You know, he beats to his own drum, Jay. I I'm a Sergio fan. It's one of those cases, like, I want to see him hit some golf balls. I really don't care about anything else relative to him. I, 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 he has not been one of those guys that has carried the mantle very well. Um, and, and I think that's a little bit unfortunate. But again, I think the way I try to see sports anyway is for the most part, I'm going to watch them play their sport, maybe hear what they have to say about their sport, and then that's about it. We all have our choices. He made his choice and, uh, and, and just kind of uh, move on. There were some phenomenal things in that event. Pearl, thanks for joining me. It was fun and We've got the start of the wraparound season on going today. I think it's the Fortinet Championship in Napa. I think Max Home is defending. It's going to be fun. Lots of golf to watch. And you and I will be right here next week, and we'll be talking about it. I got to tell you, when I reach out to these people and tell them they've won a dozen balls, you'd think I'd given them a million dollars. These people are so grateful. It's really fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good program you got going with it. All right, Pearl. Till next week. Hit up straight, St. Louis.
Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to wildcrushstl.com and come have one with us. Are you ready? Bonus days are back for pros. Only at Lowe's. Get savings on new Flex Stacked Lithium with more power, longer battery life, and faster charging than traditional lithium batteries. Get up to $150 off with purchase of select Flex 24-volt tools. Buy more, save more during bonus days at Lowe's. In-store must-ask cashier to scan barcode at time of purchase. More terms and restrictions apply. Savings varies based on total purchase. Minimum spend of $300 required. See Lowe's.com for more details. Selection varies by location. Valid to 1026.